Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's Word, fellowship, and prayer. We just are coming off of this awesome retreat, right? And uh, I know that for me, one of the more exciting parts of going on a retreat is knowing uh, that I'm going to get to hear what God's doing in people's hearts when we're done with the retreat and uh, hear how God's moving in our ministry and we get to see the common threads between uh, what God's doing because, you know, Sam says this all the time that God sends, you know, mass emails, right? And so that's our vision. Our, our vision going forward in Kaya is going to, we're going to be together, right? And uh, so it's awesome to see how God... Uh, brings all, all these testimonies together, and we can see which direction God's taken us. And so I'm excited today to get to hear from my brothers and sisters about how God's dealing with them after this retreat. So um, let's just get into it. Uh, Brian, I tried to not let you on, but I accidentally told him he was first. Uh, so he was like, I'm first? But where's he at? Oh, cool, there he is. Come on down, Brian. Thank you. Um, oh, my voice cracked. Dang. That's my, my worst fear. <laughs> I was going to make a joke like I, my voice cracked all day yesterday, so I was hoping like today, like the time that I need to speak in front of everyone, it won't crack, but it cracked, so um, it's done. It's there. So, um, so my name is Brian. Um, I'm an international student from Malaysia. I'm starting at UMKC, and um, yeah, I'm thankful to have uh, this opportunity to share, man, what God has showed me in uh in retreat, and um, one of the uh, most impactful um, points that Brandon preached on was uh, how to destroy a church, um, and man, one of them was a uh, failure in uh, discipleship, and man, that was so convicting because, uh, like Brandon said, um, discipleship is easy to take for granted, and how like one generation of discipleship can essentially ruin everything that MBT is building up, and um, I'm currently in apprenticeship with um, Alex, um, discipling Kenta. And man, the first half of um, discipleship was sweet. We get to, sorry, my voice. Um, we get to um, spend quality time and we get to hang out, share life, be in the Word together. But man, as I come into a new semester, um, I got really busy. There's a lot of responsibilities, a lot of assignments. And slowly, um, man, discipleship, the, the time I get to spend with them slowly decreased. And um, slowly but surely, um, discipleship became on the back burner. You know, I, I started to prioritize more things instead of discipleship. And, and I realized the only time I got to meet with them is for a lesson. And uh, outside of that, we hardly spend time. And I don't even know what's happening in their lives. That, that's not discipleship. You know, that's not sharing life. It's just a program. It's just sharing knowledge. And that's not what we want. And, man, and honestly, being... Being too busy is just an excuse I'm making up for myself. If I have time to watch YouTube, if I have time to sit on my couch for 30 minutes, I have time to hang out. I have time to, man, give him a phone call or hang out for at least like one hour or something, you know. And God forbid that I continue in this, you know, like in, in discipleship like this. This is what we're all about. It's what we do. And, man, to think that, I don't prioritize, I'm not willing to prioritize discipleship and sacrifice my own 
rest time on YouTube. Um, so, man, uh, moving forward, I, I'll, be, I'll be reaching out to them more, man, with intention of, man, sharing life, you know, spending time together, inviting them into my life, and, man, just because that's what discipleship is all about. And if you don't know what disciple, discipleship is and if none of this seem familiar to you, man, I encourage you, go to the cost of discipleship, and, man, we'll tell you all about it. And that's it. Thank you. Man, praise God. Uh, getting to disciple Kenta with him is awesome. You're, you're, you're doing good, dude. <laughs> Whatever you're worried about, it'll get worked out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, that is true. It's so easy to, I mean, and that you could apply that to any part of our ministry. It's easy to start to treat church like a program. Like as, as if it's just something you do when you feel bad, right? And uh, man, Jesus is so much more than that. Jesus Christ deserves so much more of our lives than just when we feel bad, right? And Or just, you know, when we get into hectic things. And, and so if we're not careful and if we're not, uh, you know, aware of going through the motions, if we're not in fellowship for someone to say, like, how are you actually doing um, and that is what discipleship is. I can call Kenta out and say, hey, you actually doing okay? Because the, the church answer is like, I'm doing good. God's good. You know, or Dave Ramsey says that all the time. You ever heard Dave Ramsey say that? Hey, someone calls in, and then he's like, they're like, how you doing, Dave? And he's like, better than I deserve. <laughs> it's a church answer. And so we don't want to get in the, in the mode of church answers, right? We want to be genuine, and we don't want to treat uh, discipleship and, and ministry just in general, uh, like it's just another thing we do. It's everything, right? Um, all right, uh, next, uh, where are you at, Allison? Where are you? Ah, there you are. Let's do it, all right. This is Allison Wilson. Uh, she is very near and dear to our hearts, and so I'm excited to hear what you have. Thank you. This is little mic. Oh, I should take my mask off, probably. Put it on. I'm, like, shaking. I don't know. Whoa. Can you guys hear me? Okay, cool. That's easy. Um, hi, I'm Allison. There's, like, a lot of you here that I kind of don't even know, so hi, if I don't know you. Um, this past month, God has been putting a lot of things into work, and he's been putting the way in which I treat stewardship a lot on my heart because I realized that I had spent a lot of time moving in ministry but compartmentalizing what I was doing. And a lot of what I've been changing is like I have a new job and I'm in D2 and our Bible study just split. And there's just a lot of different things that are changing, even my roles in ministry in Kidtown have changed and on Postscript have changed. And so there's a lot of logistics that have to move that I just wasn't prepared for, that I didn't really consider that we're gonna have to all change really quick all at a moment. And when you compartmentalize, you don't spend the time with God to figure out how your schedule is gonna work with him. You just sort of move. And 
I realized that organization and communication are sacrifices that are necessary in order to know what God is trying to do in my everyday life and to know um, what he actually wants me to do every day. And it's important for me to meet with him in that way and ask him directly and specifically what it is that he wants me to do, how he wants me to live, how he wants me to minister. And without that time, I'm going to be laboring in vain. Um, Galatians 2.20 was brought up this weekend during the um, How to Destroy a Church series. And it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Um, I see now, after retreat, how much responsibility we have on our own shoulders individually to make sure that the church is healthy, to make sure that we are actually participating in a healthy church, making sure that we are right with God. And um, I see the importance of prioritizing prayer, discipleship, the word of God, ministry, and evangelism in my everyday life. And I understand that you have to be a good steward by giving God all of the little things that seem like you can handle them by yourself, because you shouldn't. But that's it. Growing up sucks. <laughs> you remember when you were a kid and, and you thought, like, man, I can't wait till... I'm a grown-up, and no one can tell me when to eat, when I can't eat ice cream, and no one can tell me when I can do this or that or whatever. And then you grew up, and then you had to pay taxes. <laughs> you had to, like, get your car registered, and, you know. And, you know, it's not that there's, those things that do suck, but there's also a lot of awesome things about being an adult that you can't do when you're a kid. To be honest, I can drive a car. I couldn't when I was seven. I wanted to. And the same thing's true in ministry. There's a lot of things to be uh, kind of afraid of in terms of growing up in our spiritual walks. Uh, but there's also, and I would say more, things to look forward to and to be excited for uh, growing up spiritually and being given more responsibility. And we just have to have God's heart on it. And a lot of times it's just that we're still holding on to, you know, things that make us comfortable. We've, a lot of us, you know, were saved, you know, later on in life. And so we spent a lot of time building security blankets in, in the world and in, you know, whatever. And so growing up and having to let go of those things and being put into new roles and new responsibilities can be really scary sometimes. But um, this is a safe place to grow. This is a safe place to even make a mistake, <laughs> you know? All right, so... Thank you, Allison. That was good. All right. Next up, my boy. My boy, Micah Wildeson. And his name, his last name is Wildeson, but this boy's not wild about sin, I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Mic test. Hold on. How about that? 
What's up, church family? That's not my phone, so it's wigging me out. Um, The first sermon that Briscoe talked about was how to destroy a church, obviously, that we're talking about. That was pretty convicting. Um, The disconnect between generations was an interesting point. Uh, Churches die in the space between generations. And he brought up this one Old Testament uh, Old Testament example in First Samuel two, and I kind of did my homework a little bit on it, and kind of researched a little bit what was going on there. And uh, it was about Eli, and God calls them worthless sons. And obviously, the next question I had: What made them worthless in the sight of the Lord? And what they did was they they chose meat that was actually the Lord's portion. And they actually forced it from a guy, just about kind of threatened a dude. And uh, it lined up everything with what Briscoe was talking about in the failure of character, um, which is abandoning the word, which is what Eli's sons did. They abandoned the law. Uh, Isolation was part of it which I just kind of briefly looked over this thing. But if you're forcing what you want upon people, I'm sure you're going to become isolated at some point. You know what I mean? And stop confessing sin and feeling entitled. And that all aligned with like this Old Testament account and example. Um, And it just kind of a time of evaluation of myself. Like, obviously, you don't want to become like, Eli's sons in doing so, you know, and I, I thought about it, and the Lord kind of brought this verse to me in Galatians 5, 7 to 10, ye did run well who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, a little leaven leaveth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded, but that he troubled, troubleth you shall bear his judgment who has, whosoever he be. Could I single-handedly take down the, a church? Probably not. But my individual walk with the Lord contributes to this thing. You know, and I don't want to be the leaven. Um, contributing to that. So that was something that kind of came down hard on me as well as I'm in a time of my life where I'm from like Pennsylvania and I came out here and now I'm establishing roots. So now I'm kind of like forced to actually rely on my church family. And uh, this was just a review at the retreat, you know, to be submissive which is really not in my vocabulary. Um, And learning to do that and uh, to submit to my discipler and uh, let my church family love me and everything. So that's kind of what I got. And uh, I'm done talking now. Phone, dude. That, that one's yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
I love that guy. If you guys don't know Micah yet, maybe you don't know either of the Micahs. They're sitting right next to each other. I thought that was funny. I was on the drums. You thought I was worshiping. I was looking at I was like, oh, both the Micahs are sitting next to each other. Um, but, man, uh, yeah, so far we're, we're hearing a lot, a lot about the not wanting to destroy a church, which I'd say is probably a good goal for most of us. Nobody in this room, uh, as far as I know, unless we got like some wolf in here that's like, I'm going to take down this church. Uh, nobody in this room wants to be the guy or the, or the lady that's like the reason that some kind of huge division is happening within our church body, right? And so there's, that's no wonder that God has, has put that on all of our hearts, that we need to evaluate ourselves and, you know, are we still confessing sin? Are we, are we being proud? Are we being submitted to our leaders? Or are we being, you know, standoffish and, and trying to run the show in our life and trying to be in control of everything? But that is, that is true. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And man... Yeah, it does not take much. I mean, that's the whole analogy. If you've ever heard the, the, the gospel presentation of the white paint, right? So the white paint, you have a bucket of white paint, and you drop, you know, a one drop of black paint in it. All the artists in the room know that that's not going to be white paint, right? It's not going to be white paint, no matter what you do, no matter how much you try and like, ah, oh, crap, I dropped a little bit of black paint in there, and you're trying to mix it up. It's going to be gray, it's tainted, right? And that, that's true of us in terms of our sin in our own life, but that's true of us in terms of, of the church. And we have that, we have that ability to, to taint what God has given us here at, at 40th and Walnut, right? And so that's a sobering thought, to, to continuously be reminded of like, man, am I that leaven? And am I being, you know, Eli's sons right now? Uh, man, and even trying to do things, like you said, like in your own strength. Uh, um, I think of Aaron's sons bringing, bringing strange sacrifices to God, right? They thought, oh, God likes sacrifices, right? So let's, uh, you know, I know we're not supposed to be the ones doing this, but let's do it. This would be cool. God will like this. He gets it. And, then, and they force it. They try and force God's hand, and they try and go in there and, and do something that they were not supposed to be doing. And they, they died in that moment. Now, you're not going to die. I'm not saying God's not going to strike you down. I'm just saying that is the, that's God's heart on people trying to force his hand on things and, and his heart on uh, being submitted, right? Okay. Um, Audria. Where are you at? Did I say that right? Where are you? There you are. You gave a great testimony at your baptism, and so I'm expecting a lot. Here you Please go. don't do Here. that. <laughs> How do you do this? I didn't see it's just, anybody. Uh, it's just like a chip bag. Just put, yeah, you got it. Um, I'm kind of loud, so if it hurts, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so at retreat, um, I got checked. Um, <laughs> Uh, I learned that I don't need confidence in my own ability to uh, lead anyone in a Bible study because I've been um, very nervous about that. Um, and I learned that 
I will never have the ability on my own to do any of this work because it's all just way bigger than me. Um, before retreat, I thought everybody knew something that I didn't know that would like unlock the door to like ministry. Um, and I learned that all I need is to submit and shut up um, with, my with my mouth and in my mind. Um, and that convicted me to, uh, I'm shaking because I'm nervous, y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I've been convicted to submit in every area of my life. And I realized that I was only giving God what I chose to give him. Um, and it's been stunting my growth um, because that mindset, you can't go anywhere. Um, and dang it, I wanted to say something else, but I literally don't remember. Anyway, discipleship is so trippy, y'all. Like, I, <laughs> I can't believe that um, they're already like encouraging me to like do creation of Christ. Cause I'm like, I'm not even prepared. I'm only on lesson four, but lesson four, when you get to lesson four, um, <laughs> you will surrender, but um, <laughs> um, my confidence comes from knowing that I'm under the covering and I will never not be under the covering. Bye. <laughs>
going into retreat, um, my Bible study was studying through, um, where is it here? Mark chapter 7, right? And there's this verse in Mark chapter 7 where um, Jesus is talking to the scribes and Pharisees and, and, um, and you know, they're doing as they do to Jesus. They're, they're trying to, to throw, throw shade on him, basically. Um, and Jesus is saying in, in verse 6, he answered and said unto them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And uh, that was really convicting for me in Bible study and in studying that, um, because I can often find myself in that place of, of, uh, of being jazzed at worship on Sundays, um, and then throughout the week, finding a lack of uh, just simple intimacy um, with the Lord, where I'm not just asking him for things or, or praying for the things that, that people are, are lifting up half-heartedly. And then, and then sure enough, Brandon uh, yesterday was preaching about, about prayer and the priority of prayer, right? And so uh, I feel like I definitely have a deficiency in my prayer life right now. Um, I don't have the right heart towards prayer, and, and it's had a negative effect on fruit bearing and evangelism in my life. Um, and so just as I was journaling through that and praying um, through that conviction that I had and confessing that to the Lord, um, God's leading me to um, start going through the Psalms in my quiet time um, so that I can learn uh, how to not only build a, a more consistent prayer life, but, but also have the right heart towards prayer um, and have the right heart towards the Lord in that. Um, Psalm 126, um, verses 5 and 6 Say, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Um, so ultimately, I, I want to bring glory to the Lord. I want to live the great commission. I want to be uh, a fruitful evangelist. And, and in order to do that, I need to have a broken heart for the lost. And, and the way that I do that is I, I draw near to the Lord and I get his heart from him. Um, and so that's what I'm trusting uh, the Lord for. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what God showed me at retreat. Thanks, Harrison. That was good, man. Um, we need to pray better. We do. I, I know that that's, a, that's probably the, one of the most things lacking in, in my life uh, in terms of my relationship with the Lord. And I, would, I feel vulnerable enough to say that to you guys because I have a good feeling a lot of you guys have the same problem, okay? So I'm not afraid to say that. I need to pray more. Um, okay. Um, Matthew, where are you at, Matthew? I saw you earlier. There you go. Yo, what's up, guys? Um, yeah, I'm wrecked from this weekend. Um, it was crazy, and I didn't know what to say to you all, honestly, and I didn't even want to come up here, but Jorge told me I had to, so. Um, <laughs> talk a lot about submission, right? <laughs> so as, as I was processing through the things that God showed me this weekend, um, I was reminded of Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. 
And, you know, obviously we learned that in discipleship. And I think this weekend showed me that not only am I saved by grace, but everything I do should be by grace too. And uh, Colossians 2.6 says, As they therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So since I'm saved by grace, I should be walking in grace. Um, I started praying for an opportunity to get involved in ministry, and an opportunity came up to where um, I was asked to set up the tables and clean the tables up for Tuesday night prayer. And um, at first I was conflicted. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm the table guy. Like, <laughs> I, th- I thought I deserved something more that would glorify myself. Um, then I just realized this weekend that I'm younger in the faith. Like, I'm a baby. Um, and uh, that's something else I've been struggling with is just accepting that, being content with that, and submitting to my authority. Um, yeah, and Brandon said, we're not in this to save, or we're not in this to prove anything, but we're in this to save souls. So that hit me pretty hard, too. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Um, through this retreat, I'm just so much more grateful for the position God has me in right now. And I'm still learning to be content with it. I mean, I'm not all the way there. I'm, I'll be honest. Like, I've still got pride issues, and I'm just trying to let, the, let God work that out for me. Second um, Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul follows up and says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, Yeah, I'm just learning to allow God to actually work in my life and um, to have grace for myself and for others around me. So, I mean, with that, I just invite you all to please keep me accountable. Um, Yeah, thank you. It's a good reminder. Um, <clears throat> something I often think of when I think of like our spiritual growth is I like to think of, of all of us at different varying, like varying stages of like childhood. And I think that's common, but like I, specifically, I think of, of Zebo. Where, where are you guys at? I think of Zebo, and I think of like tasking Zebo. Zebo is Uriah, the worship leader. It's his son, and he's like two and a half now, and. And, like, I think of tasking Zebo with the, the job of teaching my daughter, who is 10 months old, teaching her how to walk, you know? And, and, I, and Zebo can walk. He can walk fairly well. Like, he doesn't fall down most of the time. <laughs> but he still falls down quite a bit. If you ever watch him, if he has to get through, like, a tight spot, it's funny, you know, because... He's a kid. You know, he's a little toddler. And so if I were to task him with that job of teaching my daughter how to walk, he would do it to the best of his ability. But if he were to ever get prideful about how good he can walk, it'd be very easy for, like, Uriah and I to be like, dude, you literally 
Let's race right now, dude. I'll break your, let's play one-on-one. I'll break your ankles right now. Uh, and, And so it does help me to keep in perspective of where I am and, you know, when people, you're, when you're the Bible study leader, people think you are so mature and you have all the answers. And, we, and before you're the Bible study leader, you look up and you're like, one day I'm going to arrive and I'm going to be the Bible study leader. And, man, somebody's going to be like, wow, good word, brother. Uh, but, man, if you just think about the fact that you're just like a barely walking two and a half year old leading other like 10 month olds being like, hey, dude, I don't, I've got a few steps I got a few steps under my belt. Come on, let's try. Whoa, shoot. And you trip, and you're like, my bad, dude. Let's go. It helps. It keeps in perspective. You don't get so prideful when you think of it that way. I hope that helps. Uh, But, yeah. Um, All right. Lindsay, where you at? There you are. Um, hi everyone. Also, we need the table guy. I don't know where you went. Thank you. Um, I sometimes just like am prideful. I'm like, I'm just gonna get my own table. And I can like, I like hit it on the floor. I like drag it because I'm not strong enough. So I appreciate you, Matthew. And um, I'm just like encouraged by just everyone's testimonies because I, the last time I was up here and I gave a testimony was in like 2018. And I was like, seven months saved, so I was like seven months old. Um, So now I'm three. (laughs) Um, I was also wearing the same pants I'm wearing today. What a coincidence, thank you. Um, Yeah, I didn't know I was doing this till after I got dressed, so cool. Um, But on March 23rd, last Tuesday, um, I wrote a prayer in my journal um, that said, God, I'm not sure what you're showing me right now um, in the season, but I pray that you make it clearer. Um, and God is just like slowly and surely showing me what that is. And it's a lot of things. Um, it's contentment and it's leadership. Like I lead crawlers. I'm a single 23-year-old woman that doesn't have kids and I lead a class full of babies. Like it's so cool. And it's like God is showing me how to like love on my workers and how to just like encourage them in their walk and just, like, lead them in the way, like, even just what you were saying about Zebo, like, <laughs> I'm just Zebo, and, um, like, I need Tori, who's my older sister and my mom, like, it's just, it's awesome, so contentment, I would say, is just, like, the main thing God is teaching me right now, um, how to just continue to abide in him and who he is, and, um, yeah, like, I can get so focused on, like, what's around me and how crazy life can be, but I'd rather, like, look to the Lord and see him. Um, And, like, life can be great, and I want to be content, but also, like, life can be a complete disaster, and I'm on the floor because my midterm grades are horrible, and I'm just crying, and I'm content in the Lord. And, like, that only comes from his word and knowing who he sees me to be, Um, and that's just, like, his daughter, and I'm, like, I just look like Jesus to God, like, he's just, like, I just see my son as you, and, like, yeah, um, so I kind of just, like, wrote some points, because I can ramble for a long time, but 
<laughs> why am I shaking? Um, how do I keep content? I humble myself before the Lord. Um, James 4, 7 through 10 talks about just like being humble before God. Um, and then I elevate Christ over myself, Galatians 2.20, which Allison shared. Um, like my life isn't my own. It's like I'm, I'm bought by Jesus Christ's blood and I want my life to look like Christ's life. Um, and then I speak with my father, just like Harrison was saying, like, my prayer life is not great, and I need to be in communi- like communion and conversation with God throughout my day, because if I'm not, like, I get stuck in my own thoughts, and then I'm just, like, bitter, or, like, angry or sad, and, like, God's given me joy. He's given me his spirit, and I, like, can keep the joy in my heart amidst, like, failing two classes. <laughs> Don't be a bad steward like me. Anyway, um, yeah, like, God gives me rest when I just speak to him. Like, my life, my day can be busy, and the only time I have alone is when I'm in the car driving from one place to the other. But, like, I find so much rest in just, like, talking with God. And, like, like that's, like, it's, like, 10 to 15 minutes, but it's, like, the best day, like, part of my day. Like, just, like, getting to, to just give God my heart. Um, and then to do my work, which is evangelism, discipleship, ministry, missions. Um, again, like my life doesn't belong to me anyway. And like the things that God does give us, like evangelism and discipleship and ministry are such blessings. And they're just like what I want my life to look like. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say that that's like the main thing, which is all of it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to read this verse from Jeremiah 17. It says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. And like Psalm 1, 2 to 4 is like the same thing. Just like, I just want to abide by the river that God has given me, which is just his word. And... Yeah, I just want to like sit there and be with him and, and learn from him. So that's all I have. <clears throat> yeah. Um, there's a reason that God compares his word to a lamp that's like a light unto our feet, right? Because you mentioned, you know, seasons of change and being unsure and and moving forward and seeing, you know, God revealing things bit by bit. And if you think about it, that's how a light works. I mean, you can only see as far as the light allows you to see. And so uh, you can be mad about it all you want. Get a powerful, more powerful flashlight, I guess. But uh, the reality is, is you'll still have limitations. There's still going to be things we don't know moving forward. And we have to be okay with God directing our path with the light that he's given us, right? Uh, it's like a car. If there's, You have headlights, and you can only see so far in front of you, and you can't be, that's as far as you can see, right? Um, do we have time? Okay. Um, I'm going to clip this to me then. I feel like that's too... Is that too far under my my neck? <laughs> okay, that should be better. Um, so I just got back from the uh, discipleship conference 
I got to go out there with Brandon and Sam, and um, man, it was really cool uh, to get to just hang out with them and to kind of, I don't know, get a little bit of like a, an inside look at what like a pastor's life looks like, uh, especially like traveling and, and driving with Sam was very fun. Driving through Atlanta with Sam Miles was very fun. Um, I was tasked with keeping his testimony on, on the road. It was a big job. Um, but, uh, honestly, if I'm being honest, I went down to Georgia a little bit with the mindset that I was mainly going down there to, uh, learn from Brandon and Sam. And I did. I learned a lot just from watching their, their lives. They didn't, like, even intentionally try and teach me anything. It was just, like, getting to, like, be with them and and seeing their life, you know. Um, but then I get down there, and in the preaching, I was like, which I had almost written off beforehand, because I was like, yeah, it's discipleship stuff. Like, we get it. We're, we're the church. We get the good. We, we're the discipleship church. We get it. But then I get down there, and Joe McKeg, which I, I've heard the guy preach before, but I guess I had never heard him preach before. Because <laughs> it was, like, completely different than what I remembered. And... Uh, it was he. He was uh, he was preaching uh, about how we are in a battle, and it just so happened to line up with. So in preach night, actually tonight, I'm I have uh, Deuteronomy 20, and I had a hard time getting past like the first few verses, but really the first word, the first sentence in the whole uh, chapter really got my attention. And I mentioned this to Brandon when we were out there because it related. It says, when thou goest out to battle against the, uh, thine enemies, comma. Uh, and I was like, so the assumption there is that you will go out into battle. It's not like if you go out into battle with your enemies, which that would, have, that would hold a completely different weight. It would hold, it's a different context. It's different. There's a different kind of preparation. You know, there's different. It's just different. And so when you know that you're going to have to do something compared to if you think you might have to, uh, it just is so different. And so that was really cool because what Joe was talking about was being in the battle. And, and one of the nights he talked about taking the high ground. And I encourage you guys to go to the Oakland Heights Baptist uh, website, and, and you should, they have it. I was actually listen, re-listening to them. They have them in very organized fashion. It says Discipleship 21. You can just click it. It's very nice, very easy. Uh, and you should go listen to them. But he's talking about taking the high ground and about uh, how in military uh, strategy, you want the high ground because it's, it's the advantage point for when you're, if you're running up a hill, you're, man, you're like, you know, unless you're like Jonathan and his armor bearer, dude, you go up there and you wreck stuff, man, but it's pretty much you're at a disadvantage no matter what you do because the person up top can just be sitting there like, keep, come try it, dude, and you're like, I'm coming to try it. Um, and so he was saying that 
that Jesus Christ has won the battle already. He has, he has, he has given us the privilege of having the high ground if we want to be on the high ground with him. And uh, it's hard to hear messages like that because you're like, it really does come down to, to whether or not uh, you have taken yourself out of the fight. Uh, because he say, he, there was just one quote, he said, the only way to become a casualty in this battle, in this spiritual battle that we're in, is if you decide to take yourself out of the high ground. And I was like, oh, but like, you know, things come, like things happen, you know, and like there's just trials. That's just a trial. And yeah, there's going to be, you know, just because you're at the high ground doesn't mean you're not going to, someone's not going to try and knock you out of the high ground. But there's definitely safety, protection, growth. Everything that you need is in the high ground. And that was what Joe was talking about. And I was like, whoa. And then Jeff Bartell preached this sermon on uh, and, and Brandon sent it to a group of us. That he, it's a sermon about how to identify leaders and how to train them up and all this stuff. And it was a really good practical sermon. But, and all I could do while he was preaching it, I'm sitting next to Brandon, and all I was thinking in my head, which I shouldn't have been, I was thinking, dang, Brandon is going to give up on me right now. After hearing this, I was like, as I was hearing all of these qualifications and all this, like, like what to be looking for in a leader and all this stuff, yada, yada, I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> I was praying that Jeff would stop. <laughs> Lord. Because I, I felt like I was going to get exposed in that moment. I felt like I was being exposed in that moment. And... Um, uh, Man, I'm glad that I was, because I'm so thankful for Brandon. And I know that God has put him in my life. You know my mom prayed for Brandon to be in my life when I was in high school? and Because I didn't know anything. I just knew that my parents were Christians, and it was cool, and I'd come home, and I'm like, yeah, my art teacher is a pastor. Thinking, like, oh, that'll give, get them off my back. Maybe they'll think I'm doing good or something, because, you know. And then, lo and behold, Brandon's, you know, my leader, my pastor, when I think of the fact that I've, I was his student in his class uh, and how long he's invested in me at this point, how silly it is for me to think that uh, he's going to give up on me, right? And he's not going to give up on me, but more than that, Jesus Christ is not going to give up on me. And um, that is all I could think of during that, that sermon. And man, uh, later on, I think it might have been that night, I bugged Brandon to the point where we got in like a little argument that night. It was about NBA. <laughs> nothing serious, nothing like for real. And I told him this on the plane, how thankful I am, though, that we can even do that kind of stuff. Because I realized, like you said, Micah, dude, like I have family here. And I think that was, that was one of the biggest things I learned out of all this stuff. And, and yeah, it's like practical stuff. Like I want to not take myself out of the fight. But what I realized is I was taking myself out of the fight by convincing myself that I don't have family here. And uh, I'd just been, and I got to hang out with Dan. And uh, I, the night before we had to fly out 
I was up with Dan till like 1.30, 1.45 in the morning, and we had to leave the hotel at 4 in the morning, but it was worth it, because I just got to like talk to, talk to Dan, and you know, it was just so good, and realizing that like I'm not alone, and uh, if, if I'm going to get taken out of the fight, it's going to be because I've taken myself out of the fight, and uh, also just be yourself. I think that's something I, I struggled with a lot, a lot was I think something that was so frustrating about my spiritual growth is that I've, I'm constantly worrying about trying to look like someone else. And man, I know that, that is, that's a common thread. I know that we know it intellectually, like don't compare yourselves amongst yourselves. We say it, we can you know, try and convince ourselves of it. But man, just do it. Like don't convince, do not compare yourself uh, because God doesn't need you to be Romeo. He doesn't need you to be me. He doesn't need you. He needs you to be you and he's going to use you uh, however he sees fit and the cool thing about it is he's going to use your personality. And So don't try and be somebody you're not. Uh, I'm, I'm like devastated by this weekend, this whole week getting to just be included and be uh, loved on by friends and family. Last night, we got to have Romeo's bachelor party. We got wild. <laughs> Within the first 15 minutes, Romeo broke two hammers. <laughs> it was great. Uh, we blew up a can of brake clean in the fire. <laughs> it was huge. <laughs> it was so fun. And... Boys, I cleaned up in Smash Bros last night. <laughs> These fools came in thinking that I was like an old dude. They're like, oh, he probably just prays and reads his Bible. <laughs> and I was like, psych. I play video games. <laughs> More than that. Uh, and so I embarrassed, especially Sam. Where you at, Sam? I, 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 I killed him first, first round. Knocked him out. He was, the, he was the number one seed. I knocked him out. But at the end of the night, we got to just love on Romeo and just talk about how much we, he's meant to us. And, just, and again, it just reiterated in my heart that I have a brother in Romeo. And I have brother in Brandon and, and John and Montana. All, the, everyone, all these guys who have invested in me, all my friends in this room, we are family. And man, don't ever think, just like God says, he's not going to cast you out. Lean into your family because we love you, and we're not going to just give up on you. So, anyway, that's pretty much it. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, I think we should, we have, maybe we could close out in some worship. So, let's go. We hope that today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in his word. For more information about Kaya, for service times and information about our disciple-making ministry, please visit our website at caya.live.